And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Saturday Slammin' Jam. Hosted by Andrew Schlicht with Alex Spears. How about we can just watch basketball? That's a man's jam! I like that idea. Live from Oklahoma. With questions and participants from all around the world. Put that on a poster! Whether you're flipping your flapjacks, tending to your yard, or just sipping your coffee, get ready, sit back, relax. It's the Saturday Slammin' Jam. Back is I missed this shot, I walk away, I'm still a chump. Here's Andrew. Welcome to the Saturday Slamming Jam. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. Go to theathletic.com slash NBA show. And right now, if you go today, I think if you go between now and New Year's Eve, which would be Saturday, this is coming out on Friday, you can get the Athletic for $1 a month for 12 months. It's a long time to get the Athletic for $1 a month. You should go uh, take advantage of that deal. With me, as always, is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, this week... We're we're not gonna do a recap of the week, uh, just because it's it's been been a little while, and that would be a lot of recap. But we are gonna talk about something else. Al, tell us what our topic is today. Very exciting time, Andrew. Um, very exciting episode because this is something we did last year to huge success, as I will explain. And we're gonna Honestly, do it I'm again. a little nervous. I'm a little nervous about this. Yeah, we did about now. as well as you could do last year, and so <laughs> <laughs> it can only go down. Um, and that is, of course, we are choosing this year's turnaround team. Now, you've heard us do our surprise team, our fake surprise team. Well, around the new year, each year, we choose this year's turnaround team. Now, the criteria for this are that this team has to be in the eighth seed or worse in their conference around 30 games into the season. So I do two games on either side. So 28 to 32 games into the season, this team is in the eighth seed or worse and then they go on a run. And not only does this team make the playoffs, but they win at least one playoff series. Now, last year, we did amazing. I picked the Dallas Mavericks, who at the 30-game mark were 14 and 15. They were the ninth seed, 20th-ranked offense, 13th-ranked defense. They would go on to make the Western Conference Finals. Andrew which is the Boston Celtics, who were also 14 and 15, the 10th seed in the East at the time, 20th ranked offense, 12th ranked defense. They would go on to make the NBA Finals. <laughs> That's about as good as you could do. Better. Could and guess not have what? Done any better. So, so this I went back to 2001, 2002 season. There have been 24 teams since then, so yeah. a little bit over uh, one team per year. Last year there were three teams because it was not just Dallas and Boston. Philadelphia was 15 and 15 at the 30 game mm. mark. They were in the ninth spot in the East, and they would go on to uh, make the second round. Yeah. They'd be, they'd be Toronto. Now, typically, at least before last season, a lot of times this, these teams would do this without making a major trade. Most of yeah. the teams going back to 2001, 2002 did not make a major trade. However, last season, each of those te- teams made a pretty considerable trade. The Sixers arguably made the biggest one of any turnaround team ever. 
by trading for James Harden, but Boston yeah. also traded for Derek White and Daniel Tice. And Dallas, of course, made the Porzingis trade to get Spencer Dinwiddie and uh, Davis Bertans. So it can happen like that. Um, some famous turnaround teams. Well, what about the 2020-2021 Atlanta Hawks, who did not yep. make a trade, but they did hire a new coach. Nate McMillan made it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. The 2018-19 Portland Trailblazers. That was the team that they lost Nurk right before the playoffs. Me and Andrew were Thunder fans. Oh, this is the dream scenario. We're going to easily win this. And then Dame hit the shot over Paul George, and they ended up making the conference finals. Uh, You can also go back to 2011-2012. That was the last year of the final season of the Boston Big Three. They started out 15-16, and would end up making the conference finals as well after going 38-24 and after January 1st. So that's what we're trying to predict this year. We're trying to find a team that maybe isn't doing great right now, but we see good things in their future. And so I have separated the teams into six tiers, and I numbered them 18 to 1 because there are 18 possible candidates. I'm going to run through my 18 to 1, and then when we get to the end, uh, I will make you'll I'll reveal my choice, and then Andrew, you will reveal your choice. We have not discussed this, so let's start off tier five. These are teams I am not willing to spend even two seconds thinking about. Uh, number eighteen, Charlotte Hornets. Seventeen, Detroit Pistons. Sixteen, Houston Rockets. Fifteen, San Antonio Spurs. Nothing needs to be said. They're not making the playoffs. Even if they no. were, they're not winning around. Moving on, no. tier four. These are young teams I am willing to spend exactly two seconds thinking about, and no more. Number 14, Oklahoma City Thunder. 13, Orlando Magic. 12, Indiana Pacers. Now, I would have loved to have Orlando in a higher tier. You know, they were coming off that hot win streak when they were on the Wheel of Fandom. But then they go out, they lose to the Lakers, they lose to the Pistons. Come on. There was a point, Andrew, before they had lost those two games, they only needed to go something like 25 and 24 the rest of the year to be a surprise team to get to 37 wins. Listen, it's still possible, but I got to admit those two games really threw me off. Made me feel bad. Hurt me. The only team I'd quibble with is Indy. And I I get that because Indy has been higher up in the Eastern Conference uh, this year. They're, They're a little bit lower right now. Um, let's see. You got the Miles Turner. You got the Miles Turner talk too of him possibly signing an extension with sure. the Pacers. And they're they're in the eighth spot so, right now, eighteen and seventeen. But yeah. but very easily could be the sixth seed because all those teams are tied at eighteen and right. seventeen. For me right. though, it comes back to these are young teams. Like even yeah. if I think they're going to go on a run, do I really think they're going to win a playoff series? No, I don't. Because one of the yeah. things you have to factor in, Andrew, is. These teams are likely, even if they have a really good second half of the season, probably are only going to get as high as like five or six in their conference, mm-hmm. which means they're going to be playing one of the top four teams. And you look at yeah. the Eastern Conference right now, Boston, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Cleveland. Like, is Indiana really going to beat one of those teams in the playoffs? Probably not. Probably not. No, stop making you're making faces like you're considering it. No. <laughs> Whereas in the West, New Orleans, Denver, Memphis, Clippers, I don't know. The East right now seems like a tougher bet for a team to go in the first round and win a series, whereas maybe something happened in the West. This is the point, though. Like Picking this team, like we could pick a couple teams that we think might make the playoffs, but picking them to actually win a first-round series is where it gets really tough. Yeah. Uh, So that was Tier 4. Tier 3.5. 
the Lakers, who I cannot think about anymore. The <sighs> Lakers, I had so much trouble putting them into a tier. They're currently 14 and 21. I don't want, listen, I get it. Andrew gets it. If, if AD comes back and they make a trade, yeah, of course, they could be a team that could sneak into the play-in and they could win a first round in a week. You've already, spent, you've already spent way too much time talking about them. Okay, great. So we're moving on. But that's why I put them in their own special tier. Tier yeah. 3.5, the Lakers. Yeah, uh, done. Tier 3. These are teams that may have enough talent to make the playoffs, but I can't imagine them winning a series. Okay? Yeah. So 10th, Chicago. 9th, the Washington Wizards, who we are going to talk about. And yep. eight, the Utah Jazz. Now, uh, I gave yeah. Andrew a list of a bunch of stats that he could use to help make his decision. A few I just wanted to point out here. Washington and Chicago have had two of the worst luck when it comes to opponent three-point shooting. So yeah. uh, Chicago is 29th, which means that teams have shot the second best against them. And Washington is 28th which means teams have shot the third best against them from three. So if you're a fan of those teams, you're hoping that that's going to turn in your favor at some point. The thing that scares me, um, actually doesn't scare me. It's the flip side. So Chicago had has had the number one most difficult strength of schedule. And mm-hmm. for that, I'm using, uh, I mentioned it before, but Krishna Narsu, who's on Twitter, has a, a strength of schedule that takes into account COVID absences, injury absences, uh, home court advantage to try to give a more realistic strength of schedule. Chicago has had the number one strength of schedule. Now, in terms of remaining strength of schedule, Chicago's at 26th. So that's something nice. Same with Washington. The remaining strength of schedule, 27th. So again, I think those are two teams who could potentially make a run if they were healthy. Yeah. But am I really picking them to win a playoff series? I, I can't do it, Andrew. Can't yeah. Do it. I, can't do I'd it. even Not be willing to bump Utah to cheer for. B- uh, moving them down. Yeah, I okay. w- I mean I would I would bump them down. I think Chicago Washington is like that's it's fine. You know Do, they're fine. I'd, the only reason I I, I put Utah there is are they really a young team? They're not. I mean they're, they're, they have they're, young players, they're, but they're not really. I don't think of them as a young team. Yeah, I mean they they they've got. I mean I don't they got know. some oldies but goodies, there. Andrew. They do. They got a few, but yeah, I would I would bump them down. Okay, now we're getting to some juicy teams. Tier two. Yeah. These are teams that I think could do it. They could make the playoffs. They could potentially win a series, but they might need a trade to get it yeah. done. Yeah. Number seven, Minnesota Timberwolves. Number six, the Atlanta Hawks. Number five, the Toronto Raptors. And number four, the Portland Trailblazers. Now, you might quibble with me putting the uh, Portland Trailblazers at number four. My thinking there is going back to strength of schedule, they've had the second toughest strength of schedule. So that's mm-hmm. something that's going to change for them in the second half of the season. The other thing is eventually they're going to get Gary Payton the second back, which I do think will be hugely helpful for them. They are currently 23rd in defense while having the 10th yeah. ranked offense. I could see with an easier schedule and them getting some defensive help, having a nice little run in the second half. And that's why yeah. I put them where I put them. The teams that I'm worried about, Atlanta and Minnesota. So Minnesota has had the 25th ranked strength of schedule. Yeah. And Atlanta has had the easiest, the 30th ranked strength of schedule so far. In the second yeah. half, Atlanta's is the eighth toughest. Minnesota's is the seventh toughest. That scares yeah. me. 
Also, Atlanta has had a lot of luck so far in terms of opponent three-point shooting percentage. Mm -hmm. So that kind of scared me off of them. Toronto's Mm -hmm. an interesting one. Uh, They keep losing. So they keep making it harder and harder on themselves. Yeah. You could definitely talk me into them making a run. I still don't feel super confident about them winning a first-round playoff series. But they are also one of the teams that's very well-equipped to make a trade and are a team that has been talked about as a trade candidate. So I wanted to include them there because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I like I like Toronto. Like I I just the one thing with them is that they're dead last in catch and shoot jumpers yes. in the league, thirty three point nine percent. Like last season, they were twelfth in the league in in catch and shoot jumpers. Wow, I wouldn't and even so, think it was that high. Yeah, and like you look at some other stuff, and you're like, okay, like they're. They're really bad in pull-up shooting. Well, they were really bad last year, too. You know, Or they're really bad in field goal percentage off drives. Well, they were even worse last year. Hmm. You know, But the catch-and-shoot stuff is real. And I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. I, I have to believe that that will improve, that that will get them at least more wins than they have now. Now you have to... Think to yourself, can they knock off one of the elite Eastern Conference teams in the playoffs? And that's that's where it becomes tough to name them your team. Because like right. I think they can turn I think they can definitely turn what they have done around. Like if I were to just pick a team that's just gonna do a lot better in the second half of the season, that might be my team. But picking them to win a series is another thing in which I just don't their offense is just so bogged down and especially in the half court they're one of the worst half court offenses and if you're that bad in the half court you just can't survive in the playoffs so like that's why i just cannot pick them as my team yeah they are currently 28th this is per cleaning the glass in half court offense sandwiched in between san antonio charlotte and then houston is dead last yeah yeah i can't do it because of that reason. can't do it which brings us to tier one these are teams that could do it and might not even need a trade now, yep. number three, I have the Miami Heat. Now, Miami's kind of interesting. They're currently the 25th-ranked offense, 8th-ranked defense. Strength of schedule so far has actually been pretty easy, 19th in the league. The remaining strength of schedule, now this is just based on opponents' winning percentage, second-hardest in the league. Number two, the Dallas Mavericks, a familiar face, mm-hmm. the team I chose last year. Yep. And number one, which I think is going to be my pick, and it's kind of an obvious pick, so I do feel like it's a little bit cheating, but there's still a lot of unknown variables here, is the Golden State Warriors, who yeah. have qualified for this because at the 30-game mark, they were 14 and 16, 11th in the West at that time. Despite everything that's gone on with Golden State, they're still the 12th-ranked offense, 15th-ranked defense. They've had the sixth toughest schedule in the league. Now, yep. based on opponent winning percentage, it doesn't get that much easier. They have the 10th hardest remaining strength of schedule, but this is a team I like for a couple of reasons. Obviously, we don't know what's happening with Steph. We don't necessarily have a target date for when he's going to return. But you assume if he comes back, a lot of things are just going to start to click. And the other thing is if a team is equipped to make a trade like those teams last year did, Golden State is that team. They both have young yeah. assets. They have all their picks going forward. They could do something. And so that's why I rank them ahead of Dallas, even though – Looking at the standings right now, Dallas is already back up to seventh, and they're only like yeah. a half game out of fifth. And they just came off that amazing 
overtime win against the Knicks. So it's totally reasonable to pick Dallas. But with Golden State, you have everything that happened last year in the playoffs. And knowing that this is a weakened Western Conference, do any of those teams at the top of the West really scare you? Like, if if things go not even great for Golden State and they just sneak in to the play-in, you'd still feel pretty good about them in a first-round matchup if everyone is healthy. So I feel like I kind of yeah. have to go with the Golden State Warriors. And they It'd have be Steph disrespectful Curry. for had, me to not. He's, he's had just a ridiculous season. So is that that's your pick, is Golden State. That is my pick. Now, have you have you gone with someone else, Andrew? Yeah, I'm going to pick the Portland Trailblazers. Whoa! Well, I like that. Why? They're 10th. I discussed half-court offense and just how much I believe that that is like a indicator of how you can play in the playoffs. They're 10th yeah. in the league. I just also like their just their defense has not been good, but if their defense is going to work, like they've got like really switchable guys on their squad. They do that. I that I think could fare well in a playoff series, and if they catch just the right matchup, like we just have seen what Damian Lillard can do when he's healthy, and if Dame is healthy going into the playoffs, Dame can go win you a series on his own. I mean, he won one. We mentioned that series. Ennis Cantor was like a huge part <laughs> of the Portland Trailblazers winning. Yes. That series was probably the last time that Cantor was like impactful in the NBA. Dominated and Steven Adams. He did. He absolutely destroyed him. And I just, I don't know, man. I, I, There's something about this team. I really like Josh Hart and what he can bring. It real switchable and can, can fill it up in spots. Anthony Simons has had a great season so far. And then if they, they just have, like, enough switchable, like, Jeremy Grant has been, like, prime Jeremy Grant. Like, this is the best version of him. Justice Winslow has played good minutes for them. Um, I don't know. I think they are a trade away. Like, they, if they can get one more piece, like, if they get one more big, I think that yeah. maybe they could be a team that surprises. And you just, in the playoffs, it's about the stars. And I think, like, that's a good reason to pick Golden State. Um, I think it was a good reason to pick Luka and the Mavs last year. It was a good reason to pick Jason Tatum and the Boston Celtics the year prior. You know, one of the, that's another reason why I wouldn't – like Toronto was the other one that I'm thinking about. And like I just don't know that they have the star to deliver. Uh, Miami is one that I considered heavily as well. Like I, I don't know. I just gotten weird vibes every time I watch that team. And like they, their offense in the half court too just like bogs down like crazy and i just don't know that i can pick them for that reason but and uh you know portland, i may regret it but uh, but i'm going with portland yeah no I, I i like that pick because when i first did this i had them at like sixth or seventh and then as i thought about it more i eventually bumped them to the top of that tier yeah. and even though i put them in a tier where i said they might need a trade at the same time like i really do believe that if gary payton the second comes back and is healthy he is a meaningful contributor because you said like you would like if they traded for another big. Gary Payton II, yes, he's not a traditional big. He's actually small, but he plays a lot bigger on the court, and he played yeah. big for Golden State last year. So I don't think it's crazy, and I actually really like that pick. And in fact, they probably wouldn't have even been considered for this or qualified if they just won like those games. You know, We just watched them lose two in a row to Oklahoma City. <laughs> two, two in OKC. In OKC, yeah. in a row. Like yeah. you got to split those, but like if they had just won both of those games, I don't even think they would have been in consideration. So they were on a nice little yeah. run, going through a really tough schedule, second toughest in the league. Now it's going to open up a little bit. It's 18th toughest going forward. 
maybe they'll get Gary Payton's second pack at some point. And you just yeah. like everyone this, else. This year, Little team. as well has been out since the beginning of December. Yeah. Like, if he can come back and, and play well, Justice Winslow is going to miss a little time too. He hurt his ankle pretty bad in Oklahoma City. Um, but if he, if those guys can come back and like come playoff time, like right now they're playing guys like Keon Johnson, who actually I kind of like. He actually has played pretty well. Um, you know, I don't know that Shaden Sharp makes it into the playoff rotation, although he's shown some flashes here and there for them. But you narrow down the rotation. You're playing like eight guys. I I like their eight guys. I think that they they can if they can be healthy as a whole roster and specifically Lillard, I can see them, you know, beating like a Clippers team or somebody like yeah. that in round one. Andrew, I love that so. pick. And you're going to get way more props if yours is right than if Golden State wins the playoffs. <laughs> if Golden series. State, the, the defending champs, <laughs> wins one round in the playoffs. Yeah, so I'm glad one of us uh, took a little bit of a bigger risk. Even though Golden State is not you know, like in great shape by any means. They're not right in now. great shape. They're not but in yeah, great shape. But yeah, it won't be uh, impressive if they eventually do what, they're, what they do. Yeah, speaking of a team that's you know not in the best shape, but a little bit better as of late, the Washington Wizards. We're going to talk about them with our guy Josh Robbins right after this. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, Andrew, it is time once again for the Wheel of Fandom, the weekly segment where we spin a wheel. It lands on a team and we become fans of that team for a week or in this case, two weeks. As two weeks ago, the wheel landed on the Washington Wizards. Now, at the time, the Wizards had lost nine games in a row. Andrew, was the wheel punishing us? After a close loss to the Lakers that took their losing streak to double digits, it looked like it was going to be a long couple of weeks for Wizards fans like you and me. But then, the wheel's powers took hold of this team. And over their next five, they went 4-1 and one with wins over Philly, Sacramento, and two over Phoenix. The Wizards are now 15-21, 12th in the East, but importantly, only one game back of the play-in. Andrew, if our favorite team is the Wizards, who is our guest today? It's the one and only Josh Robbins, who is the beat writer for the Washington Wizards at The Athletic and host of the Bullet Points podcast. Josh, thanks for joining. I'm so excited to be here. I love the Slam and Jam. I love the Slam and Jam. I love the two of you. I'm ready to talk. I'm ready to inform. I'm ready to entertain. This is exciting. <laughs> We're so glad you're here. But um, they say I, they say never meet your heroes. So I hope this goes stop. well. <laughs> well, after what looked like a season-defining losing streak, the Wizards have bounced back in an impressive fashion, winning four of their last five. The Wizards seem to finally be getting healthy with Rui Hachimura, DeLon Wright. 
and Beal all returning during that stretch. However, Beal is out again with his hamstring, but there is hope that he can return soon. Uh, With so many injuries this season, how do you evaluate what this team has done so far and what they should do next? Is it simply an issue of getting healthy, or is that a little bit too simplistic? No. (laughs) No, it's not too simplistic. Um, But it does make the whole... the whole thing far more difficult to evaluate, you know, in the athletic, I had written, Oh, during that losing streak that the talent level of that team is 500, give or take several games either way. That's what the talent level is. And a lot of readers and the thousands of readers chimed in and they said, um, Josh, come on. They're not, they're not even, they're not even a 500, not close to a 500 level talent. Well, I'm sorry. Those, those folks are wrong, okay? Um, they, they weren't just hit by injuries. They were decimated by injuries to a large degree uh, to the point where their second unit, the, the unit that they would start the second and fourth quarters, uh, had a significant disadvantage against most opponents. And now, all of a sudden, that everyone now except for Brad is healthy, that second unit is going to have a massive advantage over most opponents. So, for example... DeLon Wright, Corey Kispert, Kyle Kuzma, Rui Hachimura, Kristaps Porzingis. That wouldn't be a bad starting lineup, but to begin a second quarter, uh, that's what the Wizards are doing now, and that's a sign of just how much better shape they are in at this moment and one of the reasons why they're suddenly playing better. Now, are they... Four and one over these five games. Does that mean that they're a better than 500 team if healthy? Uh, we'll see. I, I'm a bit skeptical. But we'll see. We'll see. I, it, they deserve their chance to see this through. I'm eager to see how it goes. Well, how was that for a first response? It was great. A plus. Okay. <laughs> I rambled a little bit. I'm a little tired. I apologize. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Doing the best I can. <laughs> well, amidst what has been another injury-filled season for the Wizards, because last year there were a lot of injuries as well, there have been some significant bright spots. One in particular, Kristaps Porzingis, who is having a very nice season in Washington. One area in particular in which he is excelling is his often maligned post-up game. Now, I look this up. With Dallas, Porzingis scored under a point per possession on post-up attempts in every season, which is not good. With Washington, however... Everything has changed. Among players who attempt at least three post-ups per game, Porzingis is only behind Jokic and Embiid in in points per post-up attempts this season with 1.13. What have been some of the factors besides health that have contributed to Porzingis excelling in Washington? Man, you just dropped some serious knowledge on me. (laughs) I didn't know that stat. Now I'm the dude who covers the team. Um, (laughs) Well, I think he... I think part of the reason why he's successful is that they are mixing things up, that they are posting him occasionally, certainly far more than they did in Dallas. Um, he still loves the trail three. He loves the above the arc three. Um, so that variety, I think, is helping him. It's making him more comfortable. Uh, one of the things that's stunned me this year is that he's actually driving to the hoop like a, a wing player. I'm not saying that he's faster than say Andrew Wiggins or any of the more athletic wings in the league or like Tatum or, or Brown. Um, But it's been impressive to see. And the stat really did truly stun me because when I watch him play, I, 
and watch him post up, he struggles to a great degree to ever back anyone down. Mm-hmm. And it helps to be seven foot three because you're not going to get your shot blocked. Uh, it, it's been it's been enjoyable to watch him play from an intellectual standpoint, and um, he likes being in Washington. He likes how he's being used, and the health is as you indicated a critical factor. And he's not he's been kind of tweaked or hurt almost all the time in a way, but he always plays through it. So it's it's been impressive. It has been impressive. And it's kind of wild to think when he was traded from Dallas, you know, that was thought of as like a toxic contract. And now people are talking about like, is he going to opt out this summer? Because he could Mm -hmm. potentially get a longer term deal. It's just wild how that has changed like 180 since Dallas. Narratives, man. Narratives. He also looks like a wizard. Of any player on that team, he's the one that looks like a wizard. Well, that's because of the of his. Uh, I don't want to go too far into these weeds, but I think it's because of his facial hair this yeah. year. I, I don't think you. I don't think you'd be saying. I don't think anyone would say that he looks so uh, wizardly without yeah. the facial hair. I think it gives him a whole different kind of look. But yeah, certainly more menacing because when he doesn't yeah. have the facial hair, he he's got a baby face. He does. He does. Yeah, he does. Yeah. So I think that's. Um, Wow, what an observation by by you, Andrew, on that. <laughs> so two fantastic observations: the the the, the magic uh, in the small M sense of the word, the wizardry thing. Andrew, that was Andrew. In case anyone wants to follow along, Alex, the post up stat. Man, that's that's some good knowledge that's been dropped on me. And one one way more listeners. useful than the other. <laughs> yeah, but fascinating nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, another player that's having a great season is Kyle Kuzma, who's posting career highs across the board. You wrote about the dilemma that the Wizards face with Kuzma, who's been a, who will be an unrestricted free agent this summer because of the CBA preventing Washington from being able to offer him a fair value on an extension. Uh, with the team finally starting to get healthy and playing well, how do you think the Wizards will approach the deadline when it comes to Kuzma? I think it's it's. I think this is actually quite clear. Now, what they're going to do is unclear, but the way to approach it is clear. And uh, David wrote, David Aldrich, the great David Aldrich, wrote about it uh, this week. I wrote about it, as you indicated, um, not too far beyond that. Um, The Wizards at some point have got to sit, and maybe they've done it already. They're going to have to sit down in a way with um, Kuzma and Kuzma's agent and say, hey, if we were to offer you such and such amount of money over such and such years uh, and, and continue to have you in, the role, in such and such role, would you want to stay? Would you stay with us in the summertime? And how he responds likely will determine what they will do. They, if he says, hey, I'm not going to stay, then they must trade him because, uh, yes, that would certainly – well, it would most likely hurt their chances to win after the trade deadline this year, but they can't just see him go sign an unrestricted free agency for no one or no picks in return. Uh, you know, Tommy Shepard is a smart dude, smart guy. Uh, we could quibble with certain draft picks or we can quibble with maybe the strategy of the middle build strategy, but this is not lost on him. Believe me. It, 
it wouldn't be lost on any general manager, but it certainly wouldn't be lost on him. So that's how I see it playing out. For all I know, and they would never admit it, um, nor should they admit it, this conversation has happened already. Yeah. What, what kind of return could they get for Kuzma? If they, if they were to trade him, would the expectation be to get like draft picks or are they looking for like another player in return? Like what, what would be the, the, expect, the expected value back? Ideally, they would, they would want both. But as well as he is recording stats and as well as he is playing, um, the reality is, is that so far he hasn't been an all-star um, in his career, uh, which is to say that uh, it's probably unrealistic to expect some sort of, well, it's certainly unrealistic unre- to expect some sort of return similar to that which Utah got for Donovan Mitchell. I, that, I'm being captain obvious here. I'm being captain obvious here. So um, part of the problem in a return for Kyle would be that he, no matter where he goes, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent also. So would that team that receives him have the, uh, a chance to re-sign him? That, it would seem to me, would restrict his value. And, of course, the money has to match. And one of the reasons why they couldn't possibly reasonably agree to an extension is that he only makes I say only makes 13 million dollars per year so you'd have to be realistic as to the kind of current player they could bring back how does Rui Hachimura factor into that because we we heard some reports earlier that they had offered him up in a potential Jay Crowder trade it would seem like he would be a potential Kuzma replacement if Kuzma was traded away but do you still feel like the Wizards value Rui as a long-term piece of the, the, the young core, the young players that they do have? Yes, I think they do. The question is, are they willing to pay him what he and his representation believe that he should be paid? The reality is, is that he's headed to restricted free agency. So whatever he might sign with another team, the Wizards can match. So they're in control. Uh, I I am skeptical about the Crowder for Kuzma report. Mm -hmm. Skeptical. Um, You're saying that the Wizards actually offered a straight-up deal, Hachimura for for Crowder, and the Suns didn't accept? That's what the report says? Right, yeah. Come on. Um, I say come on, not to you, Alex, not to you. I'm saying come on because why on earth would the Phoenix Suns not do that deal? Jay Crowder isn't playing one second for them. Yeah. And he's going to be an unrestricted free agent and he's in his early 30s. I, I so I feel like if that deal had truly been offered by Washington, Phoenix would have snapped it up in a heartbeat. The only in thing I could think of is they already have Cam Johnson going to restricted free agency. If they're going to trade Jay Crowder, they probably don't want to bring in another guy who's going to restricted free agency. Then they have to make decisions on both of those guys this summer. But who knows? They would keep both guys. I don't. I, I mean, I can't imagine that they wouldn't. And luxury tax or not, whatever. Um, you just don't part with prized young players. Now, perhaps Cam Johnson is a much better three and D guy than. He's certainly a much better three and D guy than Rui. Uh, but Rui does some other things really well um as for as for crowder yeah i 
I, I'm skeptical about that report. Now, I'm not suggesting that the Wizards aren't going to trade Rui before the deadline. I, I'm not saying anything on that regard. I just think, I just find that deal from Phoenix's perspective, difficult to believe. I just, I do. So before this winning streak started, you wrote an article titled The Washington Wizards Plan. What is it? Mm-hmm. Now for fans of other teams who might look at the Wizards, they see a franchise that has struggled now for a half decade to be relevant again. They haven't won a playoff game or playoff series since John Wall was on the team. How would you summarize your understanding of the Wizards' current plan? It's not that they don't have a plan. It's just a lot less simple to describe than they're going for it. They're going to try to win or they're trying to tear it all down in order to build it all up. It's a, this is a middle build strategy built around Bradley Beal attempting to assemble the best possible roster around him to give them a chance to incrementally improve to the point where they get relevant mm-hmm. to the point where they can win a first round series and then build from there. Uh, Washington historically has had problems bringing players in via free agency, which is difficult, difficult to imagine because it is a large market. It is a great place to live. Um, and I say that because I moved to Washington because I love Washington. I really believe everything I say on the slam and jam, I actually believe, but I want you guys to just know that I've lived it in my, 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 I, I walk the walk, not just talk the talk on this issue. Um, and it, what were we, Oh, okay. So what is the plan? The plan is to incrementally build around Bradley Beal, trying to s- surround him with the most possible talent they can. Uh, there is Porzingis. There is Kuzma. These are talented players. They're not necessarily second options on a championship level team. They might not even be a third option on a championship level team. Um, and hope to be in a place where they can then make one move here and there that puts them over the top. And while it's not in a perfect, it's not a perfect comparison. One of the comparisons I would make would be Toronto. Toronto, when it came time to put all of its chips in the middle of the table, they had a pretty good team. And then they gambled by trading for Kawhi. They got burned in the long run, but won in big time. They won the title in the short run. Uh, The the difference between these two teams, though, is that I don't quite see a, a, a match for who Siakam was at that time uh, in terms of a really high-level young player. Um, mm-hmm. But that's, that, it's a middle-build strategy where they're trying to build around Brad. And they want to retain some degree of flexibility, which for all the faults and difficulties, the upcoming free agencies of Kuzma and Porzingis do afford uh, in order to make a move to bring in more talent, preferably a number one level option, which granted is going to be tough, but maybe there is a distressed, a so-called distressed asset out there um, who um, another team needs to trade. And maybe they could pry that person to their side in the way that San Antonio had to trade Kawhi. It sounds like they need to get you in these recruiting meetings, tell these guys how great it is to live in D.C. Yeah, and just imagine how great it would be to live in D.C. if you could afford to live 
there, <laughs> you know, um, because I, as I've discovered the cost of living, and I knew this going in, um, is significant. Now, it's not New York, it's not Manhattan, it's not L.A., but it is significant. So just ima- if I like it that much, just imagine what a professional athlete you know, it'd be much easier for a professional athlete, in theory, to live there than it is for an average Joe like me. <laughs> uh, Josh, I was a big fan of Johnny Davis coming into the draft. I like this fit next to Beal. He's a defensive guard. Play, played pretty well as an offensive player in college. The start to Johnny Davis's career has been disappointing, to say the least. Uh, he's only played 50 minutes in the NBA despite the Wizards actually needing guards so far this season because of their injuries. He's shown some defensive upside in the G League and has gotten some recent garbage time with the Wizards, but how has his progress been going in the G League, and what do you think about him long-term with the Wizards? The, the progress in the G League is that he's gotten more comfortable with the speed of the game and has gotten reps because, as you noted, he would not be playing significant – he's not capable right now of playing significant minutes – for the Wizards. And keep in mind, mm-hmm. look at how stretched their depth has been. So that's saying something. What is, what is his long-term prognosis? Well, let me put it like this. He's going to have to play a lot better in order to be a, quali- a rotation player. Yeah. Um, in college, he made a huge leap from fresh, his freshman year to his sophomore year to the point where he became the Big Ten Player of the Year. Okay. At this level, at the NBA level, I don't see that he's athletic enough. I don't see that he has enough size. Um, In college, he played within a rather rigid system, which he exploited beautifully. In college, a lot of his scoring came off of two-point baskets uh, in which he was able to use his physicality and toughness. He's a tough young man, to his credit, uh, to gain separation. Here, that's going to be... In, at this level, that's going to be far more difficult. And you could see it every time he drives. Either he is in the same in Summer League, it's the same in the NBA, it's even the same in the G League, where he cannot get separation off the dribble. That's not who he is. He's not a mm-hmm. ball handler right now, and it can change. He's not a, a, a dead eye three point shooter. Um, there's going to have to be some significant improvement to be made. Uh, I'm not saying that he doesn't get there. I'm just saying that uh, the early returns have not been, have not been positive. And, and I'm not the first person to say that to question whether his game would translate to the pros that John Hollinger at draft time said his shot profile in college didn't translate well to, to the league. And it hasn't. Um, is it a cop out for me to say we'll see? Yeah, we'll see. Duh. Um, you know, again, Captain Obvious, but um, it, the early returns so far have not been promising for no other reason than not for a lack of hard work, not for a lack of want to or grit. It's just doesn't make sense right now. Have you asked him about his Taco Bell commercial? Yes, he was asked that when he came into Washington to work out. And, okay. um, yeah. To, um, do, you, do you go to Taco Bell, Josh? 
not not for not for many years not for many years what did you get when you would go do you remember yes i would have gotten the uh the nachos the nachos okay nachos and i once tried the churros there they were too Mm. they i'm sorry to look i'm not on this to rip on taco bell but you asked and i owe you my honesty the churros were very disappointing well i have terrible news we're actually sponsored now by taco bell so we're going to have to cut that from the pod. Okay. Well, um, that's your prerogative. It's your prerogative. <laughs> just as it is my prerogative not to eat at Taco Bell. I'm not saying I dislike it. I just said I haven't. I didn't mm. like the churros, and I haven't been there in a long time. Digging that hole even deeper, Josh. No, there is uh, no hole. I'm standing by what I said. I stand by what I said, and that's the end of it uh in terms of what my opinion is now if you don't want to keep asking me about it i'll be happy to continue to answer um but hey if i'm gonna go try to eat and i do have to eat at least once daily that's true at least my track records suggest that i won't be eating at taco bell okay it's just And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Josh, thank you for answering our questions about uh, the Wizards and Taco Bell. It is now time to play your favorite game, Andrew versus the Beat, Wizards Edition, which mm, is our weekly great. trivia show where Andrew goes head to head head against a NBA beat writer. This week, of course, it's Josh Robbins, who's also the host of the Bullet Points podcast. Now, Josh, you know how this game works. All I've come well. up with eight All too well. questions to about the you. Wizards. Uh, some are easy, some are hard. I'd say most of them, super easy. You'll get them all. See now uh, you're psyching you're me out. Me... Now you're. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'm sorry to hijack this because you do, yeah. you both do a great job and you're Thank both you. truly gifted at this stuff. Thank you. Uh, but I must acknowledge mm-hmm. uh, for your tens of thousands of listeners that there's a significant amount of 
both trepidation and motivation here. I'm, I'm due to win. I want to win. This has been nagging at me for months and months. Really? And, uh, eating at you? Yes. Yes. That's, wow. That's true. I want to win this. Now, Andrew, I want you to try your hardest, but I'm out here to win. I'm in it to win it, as they say. Yeah, Actually, Andrew, no sure charity. Don't, yeah, don't, no charity. Don't lose these questions on purpose. This is a must win for me. Must win. A must win. Oh, yes. I like this. Adding, adding a lot of pressure to your. I already felt that no one could put more pressure on me than I do myself. <laughs> uh, so, Josh, I'm going to have you start us off by just giving me a number between one and eight. It will correspond to a question. If you get it right, seven. you get at least seven. two points. Okay, seven. Here we go. <laughs> question I'm number sorry. seven. I'm sorry, I'm hijacking the show. In the 2014-15 season, DeLon Wright and Kyle Kuzma played college basketball together at the University of Utah. What other current NBA player did they both play with that season? Now all of a sudden the oomph that I brought into this is diminished. He is already spiraling. I'm already spiraling. Yes. The coach there, I believe, was Larry Kostrowiak. Is that correct? No idea and not what I asked, Josh. Because <laughs> I, I think I've, I've earned two points. And... Um, <laughs> You can keep your own score if you'd like, but it will not be official. That's right. And it will be empty points. Uh, I'm going to have to going to have to pass on this. All right. Andrew, do you know the answer? Uh, so I'm pretty sure this is Jakob Pertl. Yes. Darn Andrew, it. it is Jakob Pertl. That Ugh. is correct for one point. Okay. Josh, don't don't we can't lose you now. It's only been <laughs> no, one I'm not question. leaving. I'm not leaving. I'm here to win this. But I would just say that. Um, I'm upset. Not at you, Alex. Not, Not at you. Andrew. I admire you both. I have a tremendous amount of affection for you. You did know the, the coach, perhaps. You did know I the love coach. The slam. I, 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 I love the slant. Well, it's worth. It's worthless. It's worthless. It's just not. It's <laughs> trivia. It's and I'm I'm here to win this, and I'm losing this. This is a problem. This is bad. <laughs> number one. <laughs> Question number one. All right, Andrew. There have been twelve two-man lineups for Washington this season that have played more than 400 minutes together. Which okay. of those two-man lineups has the best net rating at plus 11.6? Now, you get one point per correct guess. So there's two guys, obviously, in this two-man lineup. You just have to give me those two names. Uh, what about Kuzma and Denny Avdia? Kuzma and Denny Avdia. That is incorrect. Josh, you have a chance to steal... And, and I said repeat? incorrect, so uh, at least the first one was incorrect that Andrew said. Can you please repeat the question? Yes, of course. Thank there you. have been 12 two-man lineups for the Wizards this season that have played more than 400 minutes together. Which of those two-man lineups has the best net rating at plus 11.6? So which pairing okay. is the best on the Wizards? And go with your best Over guess first, because you can get one point per correct guess. Well, I would like to say that the net this is not my answer. Okay. But the okay. net rating of the duo between Porzingis and Daniel Gafford is superb. I think it's somewhere in the above 20. But that's not what you asked. Not what I asked. Because they have not played, I think they've played approximately 50 minutes together. All right, so my answer, my formal final answer here mm -hmm. is Kyle Kuzma and Kristaps Porzingis. That is also incorrect. Would you believe that it is Bradley Beal and Monty Morris? Hmm. Kind of interesting. Well, I'm happy for I'm happy I'm happy for them. 
unhappy for me. But it uh, didn't cost you anything because it wasn't your point, and you still have control of the board. Josh, where would you like to go next? Oh, wow. Control of the board. Big consolation. Uh, two, please. Question number two. Oh, this is a fun one. Bradley Beal holds the Wizards franchise record for most career three-pointers. We're going to try to name the other nine Wizards in the top ten for most career oh, three-pointers. So how gosh. this works, Josh, you'll give me a name. Then Andrew will give me a name. We'll go back and forth until one of you stumbles. So this is the top ten list for most career three-pointers as a Wizard, which I've already mentioned that Bradley Beal is number one. And we're going to name the other nine. So Josh, I just need a name. Yes, understood. Uh, Karan Butler. I have terrible news, Josh. That is incorrect. <laughs> he is not in the top 10 for career three-pointers or the Wizards. <laughs> oh, can I make another guess now? I mean, let me... Andrew has to get at least one to get the points. Oh. And then we'll come back and you can start rattling them off. Because I know you know yeah, forget it. Um, what about Gilbert Arenas? It's a great guess. He's number two on the list. Uh, Josh, who else were you were you thinking of? Is it possible for Andrew to score any more points now? No, he's done. He, okay. he got his one point. You're safe for the time being. There's nothing safe about this. This is wrecking my self-esteem. <laughs> um, all right, so I would have to say Davis Bertans is somewhere in the top ten. He is. He is number seven. Great Exciting. guess. I would Zero think points. That, Great guess. I would think that John Wall, through the sheer number of attempts, would be one of them. Number four. Another great right. guess. Yeah. Another Thank zero you. points. Thank you. Um, It'd be very cool if you named all of the other eight names. Yes, but we also know that I'm not going to name all of the other eight names. Right, but it would be cool, you have to admit. It would be cool. Otto Porter? Otto Porter! Number five or six. Great. He's numbered. Um, uh, the other names. Calbert Chaney. What was that name? Calbert Chaney. Calbert? Calbert. Calbert Chaney. Come on. Calbert you know- Chaney. I've never heard that name in my life. I apologize. This is the first time <laughs> I'm hearing of Calbert Chaney. In, star at Indiana. What, what, what decade did he play? What decade did he play? I, I believe he played the, the 1990s, correct? <laughs> what? I just said I've never heard of him before. So I'm, I'm, not I'm looking give at you... Andrew here. I'm looking at Andrew here. I don't know. Andrew, yeah, have you heard that I'm name before? Sure have played. you heard of Calbert Chaney before? Yeah, I've heard the name. I'm, I'm unfamiliar with his game. Oh, uh, Tim other... Legler would be on this list, of course. I'm sorry. No, he's I... not. How uh, he the not other be? names, Antoine Jameson. Antoine Jameson. Yeah. Chris Whitney. Tracy Murray. Trevor Ariza and Nick Young were the other names on the list. Wow. Ariza. Thank the good wow. Lord. Thank the Lord. I, thank the good Lord. I um, have some other redeeming qualities because trivia answering is not one of my. <laughs> hey, the game is still young. The game is still young. Andrew, that's true. You're only up two zero, but you do have control of the board. Number three. Question number three. Kristaps Porzingis currently leads the Wizards in both total blocks and total steals. There's only one other player in the NBA who does the same for his team. Who is it? Is this Shea Gilders Alexander? That is incorrect. Josh, you have a chance to steal for one point. If you can tell me the other player, other than Kristaps Porzingis, who leads his team in total blocks and total steals. Evan Mobley. 
A great guess, but also incorrect. The correct answer was Anthony Davis for the Los Angeles Lakers. Anthony mm. Davis. Okay, Josh, it's been rough. We'll all admit it, but guess what? You're only down two and you have control of the board, which means you could tie it up right here. Okay, eight, please. I'm having a great time. I'm playing this up just a little bit, but not by much. Okay. And I'm trying my best to answer the questions. I'm playing up my frustration a little bit, but not by much. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, okay, here we go. You're going to love this because you could potentially get four points on this question. Oh, wow. Now, these are not charity points, are they? This is what you had planned, correct? This is what I had planned. No charity okay. involved. Okay, great, great. The Wizards' starting lineup has played 141 minutes together and have a plus 13 net rating in those minutes. There are only four teams in the league whose starting lineup has played more minutes and has a better net rating than Washington's. Name those teams, and you get one point per correct answer. So these are teams in the league who have a starting lineup that have a better net rating than Washington's. There's only four of them, and they've played. They've all played at least 141 minutes. So you're saying in the league, so you're not talking about Major League Baseball. You're not talking about the NFL. That is correct. correct? This is a single sport. Yes, okay. All right, okay. Um, I would, I'm going to answer mm -hmm. Milwaukee. That is correct for one Bet, point. You better believe it's correct. Here we go. Now he's getting cocky. <laughs> uh, Denver. Denver for two points. The game is tied. Can Josh wow. pull ahead right here? Boston. That is also correct. Three points for Josh. Can he get the final one? Wow. Uh, I'm going to say Philly. Philadelphia 76ers. That is incorrect. Andrew, you can steal for the final one. And tie this game back up at three all. Golden State Warriors. That is correct. It is now three three with three questions to go. Wow. Ooh, this is getting good. It is getting good. Andrew, yes. three questions left. The board is yours. Number four. Question number four. Both Chris Stapps Porzingis and Kyle Kuzma are averaging twenty plus points and seven plus rebounds per game this season. They're are two other teams in the NBA who each have two players also averaging 20 and 7. Who are those teams? The Lakers? That is correct. AD and LeBron, both averaging at least 20 and 7. Oh, let's see. Seven rebounds. Seven who rebounds. Else re who else gets rebounds? Gosh, I don't think this is right. Philly? That is not right. Josh, you have a chance to get one extra point if you can think of the other team in the NBA who has two guys averaging at least 20 and 7. Dallas. Dallas. That is incorrect. Hmm. Were you thinking uh, Luca and Christian Wood? Yes. Uh, it sounds right. I don't think Christian Wood is averaging 20 points, though. It is Boston. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, both averaging oh, 20 and 7. That's on a, a bounds. A lot of bounds. Okay, two questions left. Josh, you are down by one. Either question number five or question number six. I'm going to go with five, please. Question number five. Johnny Davis has played 50 minutes so far this season. In the last five NBA drafts, there is only one lottery pick who played fewer than 200 minutes in their rookie season, and that was not due to an injury. That player has since changed teams and is currently averaging over 20 minutes per game. Who is that player? 
Would you repeat the question, please? Yes, I will. Johnny Davis has played 50 minutes so far this season. In the last five NBA drafts, there's only one lottery pick, lottery pick, who played fewer than 200 minutes in their rookie season that was not due to an injury. That player has since changed teams and is currently averaging over 20 minutes per game. Who is that player? Mm. I'm going to have to pass on this. You're going to pass. You don't want to just throw out a name? No. Oh, wait a second. Sad. Hold on a second. Hold, Hold on. on a second. Let me think of something here. Oh. Hmm. No. No. Oh, that would have been really cool if you had pulled it, it been, right there. It would, have, it would have been really cool. But alas. Alas. Uh, Andrew, do you know the answer to this? Is this Jalen Smith? It is Jalen Smith. Drafted by the Phoenix Suns, now playing for the Indiana Pacers. I don't feel so badly that I didn't get that one. You don't feel bad. Okay, good. Yeah, I don't uh, feel good. I said I don't feel so badly. Oh, so badly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I feel Final question. Now, Josh, you are down five to three, but anything can happen on this final question because wait till you get a <laughs> listen to this. Oh, no. What is Kyle Kuzma's career high in points in a single game? Now, Andrew, you get to choose who answers first. You can make Josh answer first, and then you go higher or lower, or you can answer first, and then Josh will go higher or lower. Kyle Kuzma's career high in points. I'll make Josh choose. All right, Josh. What sounds like a good number, a number that Kyle Kuzma would have gotten on a really good night? 41. 41 is Josh's answer. Andrew, would you like to go higher or lower? Gosh. Um, I'll say higher. Higher. Well, the one thing that I have not brought up on this question because it's never happened before is if you yeah. get it exactly right, you get a bonus point. Josh got it exactly right at 41, which means he gets two points ending the game in a tie. Five to five. <laughs> well, all right. So that's wonderful. But Alex, um, two things. One, did you really truly have that in the rules ahead of time? Yes, I did, will show you the documents. I will, I will email okay. you the documents, the All official right. rules. I'll share, the, share right. the documents. Trust, the as they say, as Gorbachev and Reagan said, trust but verify. Okay. It's, it's never happened before. No one's. I've asked these type of questions frequently. True. I've probably done it 20 times. No one's ever gotten it exactly correct. Well, that's, that, that's some consolation, but there has to be. The second, my second question to you is, mm. There has to be some sort of tiebreaker. Would you, would you like a tiebreaker? Yes, I, I'm playing to win. I'm not playing to tie. Yeah, I feel the same way. Really? Okay. All right, but I've got more at stake at this than, than Andrew does. Andrew has has is very good at this. I am very poor at this. I'm here to I'm here to win. I'm not here to tie. Okay. Okay. I will. Uh, I'm I'm on the uh, I'm on Basketball Reference right now. I'm going to uh, choose a question <laughs> real quick. Andrew, while Alex is thinking, do you think this is mm -hmm. riveting listening for the tens of thousands of people across the globe who listen to this podcast? Without a doubt. This is, this is what people tune in for. For sudden death trivia? Of course. Well, sudden, sudden death trivia and also so, someone's self-worth at stake here. <laughs> I'm not, that's not really Josh's true. self-worth is at that's stake. That's not really true. That's, I would that just say that for, there is a bit of right. self-worth involved here. I mean, I'm not going to be, yeah. All right. So anyway, 
Okay, so here is the, here's the tiebreaker question. Because Josh has come from behind to tie it up, I'm going to deliver it to Josh, okay? This is going to be another question where you guys are going to go back and forth. We're going back to a top 10 list, franchise history, most career blocks as a wizard. Okay, so Josh, you're going to oh, give man. me a name. Then okay. Andrew will give me a name. Oh, we'll gosh. go back and forth okay. to one of Great. the stumbles. Manute Bowl. Manute Bowl is number three all Manute time on the Bowl. Wizards list. Andrew. What about what about JaVale McGee? JaVale McGee, number seven. Oh, what time. a fascinating choice by you, Andrew. You're a formidable opponent. You are a formidable <laughs> opponent. So impressive. So impressive. Are you stalling, Josh? What is this? Uh, out, outright admiration. I told you I love the slam and jam. All right, so I'm going to go with um, Elvin Hayes. Elvin Hayes, is he on the list? Yes, he is. Number one overall. Over 1,500 wow. blocks. Great. Wow. Back to Andrew. Uh-oh, Andrew's starting to sweat. <sighs> what about Brendan Haywood? Brendan Haywood. Is he on the list? He is... Exclamation point. He is. He is number four <laughs> on the list. Number okay. four. Back to Josh. Oh, this is a great question. Yeah, this is a great question. Well done. And thank you to our friends at Basketball Reference. Oh, couldn't, couldn't All right, do so trivia I'm gonna go. without them. And yeah. also subscribe to Stathead, which I subscribe to. And yes. it's also how I get a lot of my trivia Got questions. You. Yes. All right, so Got I'm going to say, even though he wasn't the tallest center. Okay, sounds risky. Wes Unseld. Wes Unseld. Is he on the list? He is not on the list, which means Andrew wins the week. Well, wait a second. Now, doesn't Andrew have yes. to get someone? Say Why am again. I being? Does, doesn't Andrew have to name another person on the top ten list? Mar Marcin Gort. What about Marcin Gortat? Wow, you just called him out, and he just gave me the eighth name on the list. Marcin well, he's Gortat. Wonderful. He's wonderful. <laughs> um, I, I wasn't calling Andrew out. I was calling you out for making the rules up on the fly. <laughs> but hey, at oh, least you I, didn't. You didn't seem to care about the rules when I may have made them up on the fly earlier. Yes, I did. I asked you. I asked you to, to <laughs> you send did. me. Send you did very me. Yeah, much you care about them. Yeah, you better believe I did. I, I, I want to win, <laughs> but I want to win with honor. Go read Josh at the Athletic, and go listen to the Bullet Points podcast. It's a great show, really fun show. So please go subscribe to that. Josh, thanks so much for joining us. You're welcome, and I'm happy, and I'm to have joined you, and I, I hope I provided some laugh out mo loud moments to everyone. But I have. Again, I have to be honest, I didn't purposely give any incorrect answers. I mean, I'm truly that bad at this. I'm truly that bad at this. Good Lord. Thank you, Josh. All right. All right, Andrew. Well, that was Wizards Week. It is time to spin the wheel and get a new team. And this is going to be a new team for the new year. Our first team of 2023. Now, after you've seen what the wheel has done for teams such as the Orlando Magic and the Washington Wizards. I would say if you're a bad team, you're kind of hoping the wheel lands on your team this week. That's right. So let's spin it and see who we get. This week's Wheel of Phantom team will be the New Orleans Pelicans. Yes, after Zion's big performance. Yeah, that would have been a fun Wednesday game. On Wednesday night. Get. 
Yeah. I would love to watch some more Pelicans. Just saw him in person the other night. No Zion, no BI, but still got to see him in person. So uh, really excited about that. Really excited to talk to Will Guillory about his New Orleans Pelicans next week. Should be very oh, fun. And look at this lineup, Andrew. Tonight playing Philly. Saturday at Memphis. Monday at Philly. Ooh. And then Houston on Wednesday. Before a big, ooh, nice. a big ESPN game on Friday, next Friday, against the nice. Brooklyn Nets. Hey, you get to preview all of that for you guys. It's going to be so much fun. Hey, go leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'll read it right here on the show, just like this one from a Wizards trash talker. Five stars. I had to write a review because I know you read the five-star reviews. I wanted to put my favorite Wizards podcast on Andrew and Alex's radar for the next two weeks before Josh Robbins hops on for the Wheel of Fandom. The Believe in Wizards host, but hosted by Matt Moderno, is the best. He's incredibly tapped in. A ton of pre-draft and G League go-go talk. Uh, lots of great guests, local reporters, doctors, aspiring players. Jordan Goodwin did an episode before he was called up. And Matt perfectly captures our fan base's frustration, despair, and occasional glimmers of hope. Give him a listen before the Wizards episode, and you'll see what I mean. I'll be writing in again after Christmas once this 10-game losing streak has grown and Kuzma's trade buzz is even louder. Slam and jam never change. Thanks so much for that. And this one, this is from at RT Adams. Gary Payton is probably the best Gary to play in the NBA, right? I feel like TBJ starters no dunks went through the full this full exercise one time. The show is much better than that one, of course, although you could stand to give me some Raptors news. Five stars. Thanks so much for leaving that review. And if you want your review read on the show, just leave it uh, leave five stars and mention Slam and Jam, and we'll read it on the show. Hope you guys enjoy your week and the New Year's festivities, and we will talk to you guys again next week. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.